You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. As we transition, would you turn to your Bibles or your Bible apps to Ephesians chapter 5? And I'd like to encourage you all, um, Elliot, if you don't mind, and even Michael, could you grab some Bibles from the back? I want to encourage you today. We're going to rest in Ephesians 5. I would really just, uh, man, I just want to encourage you to go there yourself. Everyone has phones. I know that uh, cell service is hard to come by here. Uh, But uh, if you can't get your Bible app to work, uh, please uh, grab a Bible. Uh, Elliot's in this aisle. Just raise your hand. Uh, I, I want you to read the word for yourself. I want you to look at it. If it's your Bible, I want you to write it, write on it, put some notes on it. If you don't have a hard copy of a Bible, take one as our gift to you. Take it. Write your name in it. Start to use it and read it. Partner with it. Ephesians 5. But before we begin, I just want to take us down memory lane just a few weeks to New Year's Day. We talked about a God-centered 2023 and beyond. Just a show of hands, just because I think there's something about commitment and investment when we vocalize it or show our hands. How many of you genuinely want your life to be God-honoring? I think all of us do. All of us do. But as parents know, sometimes desire is not always enough. Sometimes there's this D word called discipline. Spiritual discipline and commitment to walk it out and to really put action to what we say we believe. Church, I do believe we're living in a season where we're starting to see a division in the church body from those who talk the talk and those who actually walk the walk. I'm not condemning anyone. Jesus is running after every single person. But he will not force himself upon your life and in the areas of your life that you do not give him permission. And we're going to look in the month of February at what it looks like to apprentice under Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be a disciple. And it's not just about claiming what you believe. It's literally following the ways of Jesus. That's what makes you a Christian. And even in the Bible, we only see the word Christian once or twice in the New Testament. They're actually called followers of the way. What would that look like for today at ECC in Blanchester? If Christians began to follow what they say they believe And so, on New Year's Day, we talked about 
the first necessity, not necessarily in order, but the first necessity of a God-honoring life is brokenness. Meaning your life is broken before God. Your will is broken. Your mind is broken because we are full, full of sin. We need to be broken of ourselves. And in order to be broken or surrendered, you have to be dropped. And when we're dropped, a lot of times we shatter. But that brokenness is so essential and beautiful because then you are completely surrendered to the hand of God and you allow him to form you. You allow him to shape you through the power of his word, through, through the life of Jesus, and through the Holy Spirit. And so brokenness is key. And sometimes, some of us have to go so far to rock bottom to reach that brokenness. But here's the beautiful thing. Christ is always at the furthest rock bottom. He's there. And He will meet you right where you find yourself in brokenness. The next one is understanding salvation by grace. Undeserved favor. And understanding what salvation is and how to receive it. Salvation is being bought with a price because of our sin nature. The wrath of God is upon us. And we deserve it. We deserve eternal separation from God forever. But the love of God surpasses all of that. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to become that sacrifice that we deserve. To pay the penalty of our death and our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness means separated from God. And through the blood of Jesus and his broken, crushed body, beyond recognition, by the way, he made a way. He was the spotless lamb, the sacrificial lamb of God. And he was buried, and in three days by the Holy Spirit, he rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. It's done. It's paid for. The devil is defeated. He's already lost. But we have to receive what Christ has freely given to us. And that's called salvation. We are saved from ourselves and from the curse of sin. How do I receive it? Simply this. Confess with your mouth that you're a sinner and Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way to the Father. And believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You will be saved. Something supernaturally happens to where our dead person, our sin nature is completely tossed aside. And the Holy Spirit comes in and makes us new. That's what Jesus called being born again. And when we're born again, last week we looked at it. We are now alive in Christ. You are a new creation. You are a holy temple of the living God. You are not to live a life of sin anymore. You are dead to that. However, we still live in a sin-natured physical cavity called the body. And so that's where Paul says, I wrestle, I wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, it's a spiritual battle. We wrestle day and night 
to not give in to the temptation of sin, but to submit to the control and the supremacy of Jesus. That's our daily battle. Paul said that. But he fixes his eyes on Jesus to run the race and finish well. And today, I want to take it just a little further practically for you and I. And today's title of the message is called Walk It Out. Can you say walk it out? Say it one more time. And if you can get as loud as Anita, say it one more time. Walk it out. Amen. We are to walk it out. It's not just inward. The inward affects the external, how we think, how we operate, how we respond. Everywhere in the New Testament, especially the letters of the apostles, talk about being examples, light, being a reflection of Christ, to walk it out. And so that's where we get to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Turn there. At home, grab a Bible, grab your Bible app on your phone, and turn to Ephesians 5, right before Philippians, right after Galatians. We're going to read verses 1 through 21. 21 verses. So stick with me. We may stop for a few rest stops along the way. But I want the Word of God to teach you this morning. I want the Holy Spirit to not be my words but to take his divine, unerrant word. Do you believe that his word is the truth of God? Do you believe that it is without error? And I'm talking about the original documents, the transcripts of not all these different translations, but the original text is God, truth inspired by his mouth. Do you believe that it's powerful? Do you believe that it's useful for instruction, for transformation of your soul? to guide you and to counsel you and to transform you into the image of Christ. You do? Then let's read it and allow it to do that. Therefore, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Stop. Whenever you see therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? Go back two verses. Go back to 4, verse 30. It's not on the screen. Go back, and it says this. Do not grieve or quench the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Redemption means we are purchased by Christ. We are purchased now. But on the day of redemption, when we see Christ face to face, we will be full of Christ, the fullness of Christ. We will be just like him. And that's what he's talking about, the redemption here. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, follower of the way. With all malice 
with, along with all malice. Verse 32, be kind. Say be kind. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Because of that, imitate God. And walk in love. Say, walk it out. Walk it out. Walk in love. What is that love? What does that look like? Well, we love in the world. We tolerate things. In February, we send love cards. It's this ooey-gooey, cute feeling with a bunch of cupids with bows, you know, flying at us. It's not that love. It's not that kind of love. It's unconditional agape love that only comes from the throne of heaven through the perfect Holy One. It's love. So this is what love looks like that we're supposed to be imitating and walking out. Christ loved us. We love because He first loved us and gave Himself up for us. He emptied Himself. He humbled Himself. He became the form of a human and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's Philippians 2, by the way. He gave himself up, verse 2, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Imitate God. And we imitate God by walking in the love that Christ displayed for us. Here it gets a little heavy. So let the word of God speak to you. But sexual immorality, it covers it all. It does not hyper-focus on just one in this passage. It covers all sexual immorality. And by the way, Jesus set a new standard. He said if you lust after a person just in your heart or your mind, You've committed adultery. So we're talking sexual immorality just by our thoughts. Sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness, what you covet, what you crave, that is not yours. It must not even be named among you follower of the way, filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not to even be associated with the name of that sinful life. Not even close to it. With a 50-foot pole. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk. Boy nor crude joking which are out of place for a child of God. But instead, say but instead, 
but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Now Now we're getting into walking it out, looking different than the world. Let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this. Verse 5, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, putting idols on the throne of their lives, those are my words, not the Bible, have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I want to stop here just to bring a little bit of understanding, and I pray that it doesn't confuse you more. But I think the key word here, because you're probably asking, oh no, I fall to sin, and this is my area of sin that I struggle with. Does that mean if I fall into temptation that I'm not of the kingdom of God? I lose my salvation. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that today fully, But there's one word in this verse that I think is key. And that is called inheritance. Inheritance. Inheritance is what has been given to you. And through Christ we know that we have been given an inheritance to be children of the Most High God. It won't won't wrinkle, it won't fade, it can't be robbed or stolen. It's an inheritance. But I think the key word to inheritance is who you partner with. Your partnership in life. Just like in a marriage, it's a partnership. And when it becomes divided, it's now one versus the other. But when you are one in a partnership, you inherit everything together. And when we are one in God through Jesus Christ, we have everything that Christ offers. Okay? That's an inheritance. And so when we have an inheritance, that means we belong to a family of God. We have partnership with God. What this is saying is if you partner your life with all of these sensual, sexual, worldly sins, you're partnering with them. That is your source. That is who you're walking with. And that is your inheritance. Then your inheritance is the result of those sins. That you will not be partners with the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So we're not just talking about a mistake because we all know That we are sinners saved by grace. Now we are marked with the blood of Jesus. And we have the grace of Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus within us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We are perfect in the eyes of God. But we do stumble upon this earth. We have weaknesses and tendencies to give in to that. Is a Christian, a follower of Jesus, not supposed to sin? Yes, they're not supposed to sin. But so often we fall short. And that's why the forgiveness and grace and mercies of God is always available to us. It's who you're partnering with in your life. It's who you are connected to in your life that counts. 
If you are continually just practicing sin, and sin is just constantly controlling you, that is an indicator that Christ is not on the throne of your heart. And you need to ask for forgiveness, and you need to stop and turn towards God and surrender everything and start living for Him. Moving on. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these empty words, meaning these worldly theologies and how to get right with God and how to be a good person and how to live your life to the full without God, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. There's that word. It's children of disobedience. Family to disobedience. That's your parent. That's your partner. Rather than children of God connected to God the Father. Make sense? Therefore, because of that, because the wrath of God is coming, therefore do not partner with them. There's that word partner. How you walk it out is determined by who you partner with. Isn't that true? Parents, you tell your teens that. Don't partner with the wrong crowd. Bad company corrupts good behavior. We tell it all the time, yet it's so hard to live it out. Therefore, do not become partners with the children of disobedience. This doesn't say don't have a relationship with them. Don't be light and a witness to them. Many of you are so incredible at building relationships. I, I see faces. Many of you, extroverts, people, loving people. Some of you, even introverts, do such a good job at this, even though it's a stretch. You love people genuinely. Walk. As children of the light. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Love all people. But who you partner with influences who you become. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time, you were darkness. But now. Say, but now. Say, but now. But now you are light. In the Lord, because Christ is light and Christ lives in you. If Christ does not live in you, you are darkness, living, partnering with the world. This is the gospel 101, friends. But now you are light in the world. Walk, say, walk it out. Say, walk it out. Walk as children of the light. Walk it out, friend. Live it out, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. It's the fruit of partnering with God is that we are the light of the world. Did you hear that? Yeah. Walk as children of the light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. 
take no part. It says again, do not partner. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But because you are the light in Christ, expose it. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. I hope you're getting this. But instead, expose it, for it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, say light, it becomes visible. For anything that is visible is light. Therefore, it says, we have to understand, because light, therefore, it's saying, awaken, O sleeper. Hello. (laughs) And rise from the dead. And Christ The light will shine on you. Is his light in you and shining on you? Then walk it out. Look carefully then. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Say walk it out. Look carefully, child of God. Look carefully, follower of the way. Look carefully, Christian, how you walk. Not as unwise, but wise. Making the best use of your time that is not guaranteed to us. We have no idea of when our breath will be the last breath. Only God does. Therefore, excuse me, let me go back. Making the best use of our time because the days are evil. Are you all aware that the days are evil? Just make it short. Therefore, because the days are evil, do not be foolish. What does foolish mean? Senseless. Not wise not calculating truth. Do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Say filled with the Spirit. Walk it out. Walk it out. We're going to get there in a minute. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns. This was the praise booklet that they had from King David and and the word that they had, the Torah. And spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your whole heart. Giving thanks. Walk it out. Submitting, excuse me, giving thanks always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another. Walk it out. Out of reverence to Christ. Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 21. Take just a minute and ask the Holy Spirit 
to use his word to align you with him. Okay. We're going to look at three quick points. So you've, it's your Bible. You can even write it along Ephesians 5. If not, take notes. There are connect cards for the purpose of connecting people who are new. But if you need to write it down, go ahead and grab one. We'll make more copies. Holy Spirit, teach us today. So in order to walk it out according to Ephesians 5, there are three specific necessities, essentials. The first one, when you are walking it out, you will imitate God Almighty. Talk about pressure. But it's what we've been given. Lies tell us that we're not like God. And we could never measure up. And that's when Jesus reminds you of what he did on the cross. It's not by you, your works. It's by grace alone. But we are to reflect his nature and character, church. Absolutely. We are to live by a different standard. Absolutely. We are to live by a different power source. Supernatural. It's spiritual, not earthly. You will imitate God. Child of God, follower of the way, do you understand that your life is a billboard? On display for everyone to see. Jesus says it in Matthew 5 and 6. He says, you're a light of the world. Why are you hiding that light? Why are you quenching that light by the way you live? Friends, can I be honest? I would say 90% of us have been hurt and wounded by people who call themselves Christians. Can we agree? And I would even say 90% of us have been that person in some way or fashion. We live in a culture right now where people refuse to walk in the building for the people inside the building of what they've made it and what their lives look like. This is hard truth. But something has to shift in the body of Christ. We have to start getting serious about what we proclaim and how we live it. Because friends, you will be held accountable. You will be accountable by how you live your life. You're saved by grace. But now as a child of God, you are to live as children of the light. Whew. Ephesians 5, 1 through, 12, 1 through 2 says, be imitators of God and walk in love. We are to imitate God by being Jesus. Jesus lives inside of you. It's his love that is to control us. I believe that as a follower of the way, as we grow and be transformed into his likeness, 
people are going to see more and more and more and more of Jesus. When you walk in the room, Jesus should be present. When you walk into that office meeting, he changes the atmosphere because Jesus is in you. You have the mind of Christ. We need to start walking it out. John 13, verses 34 to 35. John 13, Jesus says this. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. That's how we know Father God lives in us, is by our love. Verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, what's that love look like? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We use it for weddings. We use it as magnets on our refrigerator. I'm going the wrong way. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. Walk it out in love. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Walk it out. Be imitators as you receive Christ. Pour out Christ. Number two. As you imitate God, you will look different than the world. One of the biggest problems that I see today, I don't know if you agree with me, but the church is now looking more like the world than it looks like the Word of God that we see. We're accepting everything. We're cultivating the same culture of this progressive world. Getting further and further and further and further away from the original design of the church. Would you agree? And I'm thankful for grace. But I think of Ephesians where it says, we need to awake. The only hope for the church is to awake. We have to wake up and start actually imitating God and being different than the world. It's just truth. In love. Ephesians 5, 7 through 11 says, Therefore, do not partner with the world. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of the light. How you speak, how you behave, whether on the work site, how you joke, how you talk at game night, around the fire in the garage, on a road trip, in a restaurant, in a bar, at a sports game. We are to look different. We are to be different. 
That's what makes people say, whoa, what? When everyone passes that little piece of trash on the ground, and you're the only one to stop and backtrack and pick that up. When you're the only one to be bold enough to hush the room when they're just full of gossip and hateful speech. When you're the one to see someone spoken of ill behind their back, to actually go to that person and love them and accept them for who they are. For you to go out of your way and be a blessing, that's being different than the world. We're imitating God and Christ. Friends, obedience is not a bad word. Our world has made obedience a bad word. Obedience is a beautiful, incredible, honoring, delightful word. Obedience is even better than sacrifice. When we obey, that shows who we partner with. Are you obeying the flesh and the desires of the world, or are you obeying the things of God? It shows who you're partnering with. Some people need to sign, hear me, the divorce papers today. Not with the person you're sitting with, but the world that you have married and partnered with as children of the light. Jesus said, I pray God, don't take them out of the world. But let them not be of it. And we see in 1 John 2, it says, Don't love the world and the things of it. For all of that is fading away and will be brought to justice. But love Christ and love others. Are you following with me? Talk back to me. You ultimately obey who you partner with. And who you partner with is who you sign or give allegiance and devotion to. So take an inventory of your life just this week. Who have you been partnering with? Just you answer that. Let's look at John 15, verses 15 through 17. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I, Jesus Christ, chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. Say, bear fruit. Walk it out. And that your fruit should abide. Walk it out. So that whatever you ask the Father, walk it out in my name. He will give it to you. That's why we see in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Say, walk it out. And do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Say, walk it out. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what is good and acceptable in the will of God. That's walking it out. That's why 1 John 2, 
I just said it, but I need to say it again. It says, do not love the world or the things of it. Don't partner with it. So imitate God. Imitate God. Look different than the world. And number three, it's my favorite one. You will walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at second, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 18. We just read it. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to say something. I know I'm running out of time here. And this is a whole other sermon. But this scripture here is not as much about alcohol as it is what controls you. Okay? This is not an alcohol sermon. This does not say alcohol is bad. It says the consumption, overconsumption, and allowing it to control you is what is evil. Food isn't bad, but it can be bad if you can't stop. Media, streaming, your TV isn't bad, but it can be a device of the evil one when you let it control you consume you, influence you, and guide you to walk that out, friends. Not saying wine is the sin. It's saying you allow the wine to be your God. You partner with the substance to lead you, conform you, compel you. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, let the love of Christ control you. So if there is a substance or something that you consume and it controls you, it must bow to the name of Jesus. Don't partner with it anymore. If the thing that is controlling you, that you, you enjoy, and other people can have the freedom to do it, but you put it in your hand and all of a sudden your speech becomes worldly and you start talking about things that is not honoring to God, you need to put it to death because it's not what you need to be partnering with and it's not producing fruit in your life that is the billboard to others to show you who you have given allegiance to. With me? And God loves us and he's so gracious to us and we are a work in progress and we are growing but we are always to know what we're supposed to be growing into which is Christ and how we do that is we partner with God his word with Jesus and the Holy Spirit everything else we need to let go of two verses I'll leave with you 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. I said it. But let's read it again. It's not on the screen. For the love of Christ controls us. 
Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, partnering with the flesh, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Galatians 5, I love this. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk it out. Let the Spirit of God be the thing that controls you. And you will not gratify or fulfill the desires of the flesh. Here it is. This is plain and simple now. Who you partner with. If you partner with the flesh, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit of God. And the desires of the Spirit, partnering with the desires of the Spirit, are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you ought to do. So as the band comes up, if you just bow your heads this morning, I know I've thrown a lot at you, but this is the time for us to be the sponge and allow the Holy Spirit to squeeze out anything that is not for you and to then soak in what He is speaking. Simply put, who are you consistently and continually partnering with? And does there need to be a separation in your life today? Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.